Um, he has gone to the Philippines and done great things for God. And so I just want to ask you to warmly welcome Kevin Kligman. Yeah. Are we on? Yeah, I wasn't likable at all. That's an understatement. Thank you for being so nice. Like, the likable part. Like, that was like, I was words that you can't say in church. That's what I was. But yeah, God has done amazing things. But I want to show you a couple. Yeah, we can do t-shirts. Jody, can we do some contract for t-shirts? We'll get some t-shirts in here. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, something like that. We'll get price structures, all that. So anyway, we've got a video, just some stuff that's been going on in the Philippines. You can take a look at it, and then we'll talk about the message and Mother's Day and all that. So, so um, the, all those things you saw up there, you guys have funded. Like, you guys have helped do this here at the adventure and helped us to do that. The radio program, we're the first radio program in the state that's Christian music, and we share the gospel. We get to share the word of God. And then uh, that last place is... Uh, property that we want to buy to build a home and a school for those kids that you saw. They don't have any parents. They don't have any. They're just street kids. And we take care of them the way best we can right now, giving them clothes, food, uh, meeting with them several times a week. Times a week. But a lot of the young girls right now, they're being forced into prostitution at the age of 10, 11, 12. It's really hard for us to do anything with that without giving them a place to go. So our new plan, our next idea is to uh, build this and do this. And so with the stuff that you guys have given us, we're going to buy that piece of property, almost, uh, almost three acres for that. That's our next step. So keep praying for us in that, but uh, it's going to be awesome see what God does. I, I love doing what we do there. So, but we can't do it unless you guys do what you do. So thank you so much. Anyway, we're going to hear a little bit about the Word of God. So can you guys stand up and we'll pray as we read His Word? Father God, I I thank you that you're here with us, God. I thank you for the families that are here, that you've brought here. God, and I just ask that you would be with us and that your healing would be with us, that your peace and your comfort would be with us, God, and that we can just renew our minds. You can renew our minds as we look into your word and remember the things that you've done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you guys have been talking about the Beatitudes. I love this. And I'm going to be taking uh, verse 9 and 10. So if you guys just want to read that behind me, Matthew 5, verse 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And then chapter 10, or verse 10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I love this verse. I want to break it down a little bit, and then we're going to go pretty deep into it. But uh, in this, the word peacemakers, that's uh, relational, right? I know a lot of times we talk about peace, and we talk about inner peace, and having peace with decisions, and, and we talk about it more like being comforted. That's not this peace, This peacemaker is relational, like peace between you and somebody else. Like instead of war, you're making peace, right? So this is a relational type of peace. This is also an identity. So it says, if you're a child of God, right, 
says that, right? Then you are a peacemaker. You're not saved by being a peacemaker. You're like, well, I'm a child of God. I'm saved, right? Being a peacemaker doesn't save you. But if you're a child of God, this is what you look like. Your identity is a peacemaker. Because God, Jesus, his identity is as a peacemaker. And then it said, blessed are those who are persecuted. This is something that if you're a peacemaker, if you're a child of God, you're going to experience persecution for righteousness. When you do the right things, when you become a peacemaker, you're going to experience some persecution. But it says, blessed are you. Blessed are you because you are a child of God and yours is the kingdom of heaven. That's your inheritance. And that's the hope that you have. And when we talk about these things, remember, that's why we do all of this, right? So when we talk about this relational peace and Jesus being a peacemaker, Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. That's what he was, a peacemaker. He uses a word called reconciliation, where he says, I've come to reconcile you. Like, this isn't like, when we talk about being a peacemaker, this isn't like being a peacemaker between like China and India, right? It's not like that. We like to say those types of things where like, oh, I'm a peacemaker. But what you mean is that you're trying to make peace between another person and another person. This is in your own relationships. And Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. He came and he uses this verse. Can we put the next verse up here? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, how much more? He says, for while we were enemies, he died for us. He reconciled us. He became a peacemaker for us. And it's like this. Maybe you don't think you were an enemy of God. But all of you were enemies of God. Even before you came to know Jesus Christ, or if you don't know him yet, you are an enemy of God. Like a full-blown enemy. You are in a fight, or were in a fight, with God. There was so much animosity between you and God. You're fighting with God. You're like in this relational fight. And what was his response? His response was to come and to die for you. His response was to make himself nothing for you. See, imagine Jesus, God, he's here and he says, you You hurt me. You rejected me. You abandoned me. You abused me. You insulted me. You lied about me. You beat me. All of these things you did from you did it to me. You you did all of these things to me. And we're at war. We were at war. And I could beat you. I could win this fight. In fact, I have every right to win this. This thing you're doing against me, I have every right to overcome you. 
I have every right to punish you. I have every right to exercise my rights as God against you. All these things you did to me. In fact, you keep doing them to me. You haven't stopped. But God's response was this. Instead of beating you, instead of winning this fight, I'm going to lose. In fact, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to deliberately give up everything and lose so that you can win. And you're going to win a fight that you don't deserve to win. You're going to get the benefits that you don't deserve to get. I'm going to be the one who loses, even though I'm the right one, and you're going to be the one who wins, even though you have done nothing to deserve it, because I love you. He lost. And he came down with the intent, purpose to lose. Says he made himself nothing. Even though he was equal with God in every way, in very nature God, he decided to lower himself, make himself nothing, so he could come here, so you could hurt him some more, and so he could lose more. So he could suffer more. He lost for you. And after all that, after he died the worst death, after you beat him, after you mocked him, after we mocked him, after we beat him, after I mocked him and beat him, he died. And he rose again. And he said, guess what? You won, and now you are free. You are free. <laughs> and guess what? Pick up your cross, and let's go lose together. Because there's other people who need you to lose too. So pick up your cross deny yourself, and let's go do some losing together. <laughs> let's go lose together. It will be awesome. You can do it because I have now set you free and now you can lose. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. There's so much. Do you even understand how much freedom there is in that? in losing, in having the ability to lose. You know, I was a bad guy. And I spent my entire life fighting for what I deserved. He says, you're free from that. You're free from that. I spent my whole life fighting. He said, no, guess what? Somebody accuses you now. You're free from that accusation. Do you know why you're free from that accusation? Because you can understand that what you are and what you've done is far worse than anything they could accuse you of. You get to say, you want to accuse me. But what I've done 
you have no idea how bad I am. You have no idea what I did to God, let alone to other people. If you knew, it would be way worse than that. What can you accuse me of? There's no accusation. There's no condemnation. Jesus already lost that for me. It's so freeing. There's so much freedom in that. Now, somebody can do something against you or hurt you or say something bad against you. And guess what? You can say, whatever you say, whatever you want to take from me, everything is lost compared to what Jesus Christ gave me when he already lost for me. Everything is considered loss. What are you going to take away from me when he gave me everything? What can you take away from me? You want to take away my pride? Have it. You want to take away my position? Good luck. Everything's lost. And now I have the freedom to lose everything. And it doesn't matter because Jesus Christ already lost for me so that I could win eternal life and freedom, and joy, and peace, and happiness, and all of these things in the midst of pain and sorrow. What can you do to me? What can any man do to me? Nothing. I am so free to lose. I can lose my pride. I don't have to fight for that anymore. I don't have to fight the stupid fights that I used to fight. You know, I spent my whole life fighting for things that I thought I deserved. And you know what? I hate that word deserve. I hate that word deserve. In fact, as believers, I hope we never use the word deserve again. It doesn't apply to us anymore. If I got what I deserve, I'd be dead. And I'd be suffering eternally. Way worse than anything you could say I deserve. It's the same thing for you. If you got what you deserve, I mean, if you're really being honest, like maybe you think you're a good person, but look at what you've done when nobody was watching. Look at what you have thought about when nobody could tell. Be honest, you deserve worse. But we use this word deserve, we say, well, I deserve better and you deserve worse. I destroyed my entire life using this word deserve. I wrecked my marriage. I wrecked my family. I said, I deserve a better wife. My marriage was horrible. Honestly, it was. I was a horrible husband. My wife was a horrible wife. We were cheating on each other. We were, like, she was addicted to drugs. Like, there was so much brokenness. But I deserve better. That's what I told myself. I deserve better parents. I deserve better family members. I deserve better friends. That word deserve is a horrible word. I don't deserve any of that. I deserve worse. But we use that word for other people also. When somebody hurts us, we say, Will you deserve this punishment? Do you know by that measure, if you 
start telling people what they deserve or thinking about what they deserve, what about what you deserve? Right? But guess what? Everything I just told you about Jesus Christ dying and rising again for you took away the word deserve. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't apply to you. You did not get what you deserved. You got grace. You got to win. You got eternal life. You got forgiveness. You got hope. You didn't deserve any of that. I did not deserve any of that. We do not deserve any of that. But he gave it to us anyway. So I'm going to ask you next time you use the word deserve, really think about that. I hate that word. I hate it. It destroyed my whole life. Instead, we should think about what Jesus did when he said, I lost for you. Now come, let's lose together. And the call that you have on your life to be this minister of reconciliation, just like he reconciled yourself to him. Let's read that verse. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. This is the pick up your cross, let's do this together. This is you can be a peacemaker because you're a child of God. This is I don't count people's sins against them, and you shouldn't either. Let's go lose together. Let's go do a lot of forgiving together. Let's go give a lot of grace together. And you know, it's really hard. This is the thing I struggle most with in my life is forgiving and giving grace and not counting people's sins against them when it hurts a lot. And you know, they don't always stop hurting you when you do this. They don't. But do it anyway, because Jesus did it for you. You're free to do it anyway. That rule, that word deserve, doesn't apply to you anymore. Now you have the freedom to lose. You don't have to stand up and fight for what's right or your rights. And I'm not talking about standing up for the word of God. I'm talking about fighting for what you think you deserve. You don't have to do that anymore. But we do that so much in our relationships. Do you know it is really, really hard to be a minister of reconciliation when your life is characterized by divorce and brokenness? It's really hard. I've tried it. It doesn't work very well. But once you make the decision to have your life characterized by grace by forgiveness, you can be a peacemaker. And no matter what anybody else does, you know, God is the God who will heal you from those wounds. And he will honor you as you obey him. And as you give grace and forgiveness, he will restore you in your life too. He loves you. He died for you. He lost for you. 
And he's saying, let's go lose for some people in your life. Let's go do that. Let's go give some grace. Let's go forgive some people. You know, I've lost a lot in my life by doing this. And it never gets easier. People want to lie about you. They want to accuse you. They want to say things about you that aren't true. They want to hurt you. People want to steal from you. This is the brokenness of our world. It's everywhere. Whether you're here in the States or you're in the Philippines, it doesn't matter. This is the brokenness that you have, and it's hard to stand up and say, yeah, I'm going to be the one that forgives. I'm going to be the one that takes the hit because I can do that. And maybe the other people in your life, they can't. They don't know what it's like to have grace. They don't know what it's like to be forgiven. Or maybe they just don't understand this yet. But you can. You can. And you know, let's, let's bring it even farther home, okay? Let's bring it into our families because today's Mother's Day, right? Let's talk about our families. Now, I don't want to be downer for Mother's Day. I want you to walk away today and realize that your relationships, they have hope. Every relationship you have in your life, there's hope for restoration, reconciliation, because of grace and forgiveness. And God can do that in your life. But he can't do that unless you are also have forgiveness and grace, right? He's, he's going he's to require that from you in your relationships. You can't hate your brother and love God at the same time. You can't be forgiven and not forgive at the same time. You cannot have received grace and not give grace. He wants you to pick up your cross and lose a little bit. And children, who has a mom? Anybody here have a mom? I didn't see some hand rates. Like, some of you guys didn't raise your hand. Where did you come from? Like, is there a lab, a genetics lab here somewhere? Because as far as I know, there's only, like, one real way to make a baby. And that requires a mom. Right? What? Oh, yeah. And cries a mom and a dad, unless there's like some genetics lab where they're making people. But I don't think that's it. I think most people here have a mom. And the Bible says this. Are we here? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, right? For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So all of your children, y'all have a mom. This verse applies to you. It really does. Children, obey your parents because this is the right thing to do. And honor your father and mother. Because this is like one of the big 10 commandments. Right? This is important to God. And it's the only one with the promise that you're going to have a long life and a blessed life and things are going to go right for you. Right? And a lot of you are saying, but, 
right? But my parents, but my parents. There's not an if in here. I looked. I looked at the Bible and I read and I was like, God, where does it say if my parents do this, then I should honor them? But there's not, it's not there. He just says, honor your parents. He really just says, honor your parents because this is right. And you know what? It's not easy to honor your parents sometimes. It's not easy to honor broken relationships where people might have hurt you. And I know with a group this size, a lot of people have parents that weren't so great parents. I'm one of them. My parents are right there. They weren't so great all the time. They tried really hard. And I loved them. But they needed as much grace as I did. They really did. But it says, honor your father and mother. Honor your parents. Like, do it anyway. Give them grace and forgiveness because it's right to do that. Because I put them in your life, God says. I'm the one who put them there. Now, I want to clarify something. I didn't for service, but I want to right now. If you're a child or you're in a, a position where you're being abused, guess what? We want to defend you, and God wants to defend you, and you need to get some help, and it's okay to say, I'm in this position, because God doesn't want that to continue also. He wants your parents to repent also, and you can honor them and still get help. In fact, that's a really great way to honor them. Because God has a plan for them still. And God has a plan for you. Don't just stay there and say, oh, well, I have to lose in this situation. That's not true. But after God brings restoration or healing there, like, you have the freedom to forgive and honor them. You do. You know, my, my real dad, my biological dad, Pete's my stepdad, when I was young, he left. And he doesn't know my birthday. He doesn't remember anything about me. There's no semblance of anything fatherly in him. But when I learned about this, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can honor him. I can be the peacemaker in this. I can lose here. I don't need him to do that because I have the Lord God in my life to heal that part of my life. And guess what? I can call him on Father's Day. I can call him on his birthday and I can send him letters and I can do these things specifically to honor him. Regardless of what he does. It doesn't matter what he does because I am free. Right? Right? And you know what? I'm free from that pain because God brought me of dad and God is my father. And a lot of you have been neglected and abused and hurt and you can forgive and you can honor not because they deserve it because the word doesn't, deserve doesn't exist anymore in your lives. Not because they deserve it because you don't deserve it either but because you're free to do it. Isn't that awesome? You are so free to do that. 
Now you can be free to obey God. You're free to lose. It's amazing. It's for freedom that Christ sets you free. And you know what? It's like that in every relationship you have. You can be free. You don't have to fight. You don't have to stand up and say, this is my right. I deserve this and you deserve that. You don't have to do that anymore. In fact, somebody steals from you. Guess what? You could say, let him have it. You don't have to try and get it back. God will restore you. He's the one who restores. He's the one who gives and takes away. And you don't have to fight that person. You can give grace and forgiveness to that person. You can give love to that person because that's how they will know that you are a child of God. When your life is characterized by forgiveness, grace, and love. It's amazing how much light that brings into a situation. When somebody hurts you, you can turn the other cheek. You can. You're free to do that. You can say, boom, hit me again, because God is my protector. God is the one who lifts me up. Now, wherever your family is, whatever situation you have in your family, you can be free as a child of God to be that peacemaker in your life. You can start today. You can start saying, I don't have to fight over these things anymore. I'm free to lose a little bit. I'm free to deny myself. I'm free to pick up my cross because Jesus lost everything for me and I didn't deserve it. And that word deserve doesn't apply anymore. You're free to love. You're free to forgive. And you're free to bring grace into any situation. Because God did that for you. And this, I promise you, God can use this to heal your families. God is using this to heal my family. He will use it to bring his love into other people's lives through your love even when they don't deserve it because you were an enemy of God and now what are they? They're exactly what you were. Maybe they're your enemy but your battle is not against flesh and blood. Not anymore. You don't have to fight against them. You don't have to fix them. That's God's job. Let God win in their lives. And let's just lose a little bit today. What do you think? You guys want to do that? You know, just as we close, like if, if you have some brokenness, maybe I know there's a lot of families here. If you have some brokenness in your family and you want prayer, we want to pray for you. Can you guys just raise your hand? Can you raise your hands? I don't know. Do we have like a team or if you want somebody to come pray for you, just keep your hand up. 
and we will find a way to meet you. And you know what? We've got a lady up here and a few other people just after service, we'll meet you because we want to pray for this in your family. We want healing in your families. The other thing is, if you don't know what it means to have that grace, if this is the first time you've heard that God died for you, that he lost everything for you, and you want to be reconciled to him, you want that in your life, he did everything so that he could be with you. Like, can you guys just, as we prayed, well, can you guys just stand up? And if that's you, can you raise your hand if you want to know what it means to have that forgiveness in your life? If you want Jesus Christ to be that in your life, if you want to start having this grace and hope and forgiveness in your life, just raise your hand and we'll, we'll pray for you also. Let's just pray together. Father God, God, I know that we are a broken people filled with broken relationships, starting with our relationship with you. I know how much we hurt you. I know that we are a people who has sinned against you, that we all have sinned. We have all fallen short, that none of us have even sought you or looked for you. God, I know the weakness that was in my heart. I know what I did. And I am so thankful that you, instead of doing what you could have done, which was just destroy me, instead, you gave up all of your rights and you died for me instead. You lost so that I could win. I praise you for that. God, I just ask that you help us to bring that same grace that you gave us into our relationships, that same forgiveness that you gave us into our relationships, into the people that are around us. Help us to follow you And be that light in our relationships. Even if it costs us. We have not suffered yet to the point of shedding blood. Even if we have to endure accusations. Even if we have to remove our pride and humble ourselves. I just ask that you help us to get rid of the word deserve. That we would not look at what people deserve, but look at them how you see them. With a longing and a desire that they would win, that they would be one, that you would overcome these things in their lives. Just as you overcame these things in our lives. Bring grace. 
bring hope, bring love back into our relationships. Just like you brought it to us when you brought us back to you. Thank you, God. You're such a good God. God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. Help, help me to continue to be broken before you. Help us all to become ministers of reconciliation, not counting people's sins against them, but a people filled with love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thank you, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Children, honor your parents, not just today, but every day, and go and love, enjoy your brunches, whatever you're going to do. God bless. <laughs>